Since 1995, that figure has shot up to 3%. Again, the change is widespread. Between 1977 and 1994, only 21 developing countries, out of 109 with populations greater than 1 million, exceeded 2% annual per capita growth. But between 1995 and 2013, 71 such countries did so. And going backward has become much less common. In the earlier period, more than 50 developing countries recorded negative growth. But in the later one, just 10 did. The improvements in health have been even bigger. In 1960, 22% of children in developing countries died before their fifth birthday. But by 2013, only 5% did. Diarrhea killed 5 million children a year in 1990, but claimed fewer than 1 million in 2014. Half as many people now die from malaria as did in 2000, and deaths from tuberculosis and AIDS have both dropped by a third. The share of people living with chronic hunger has fallen by almost half since the mid-1990s. Life expectancy at birth in developing countries has lengthened by nearly one-third, from 50 years in 1960 to 65 years today. These improvements in health have left no country untouched, even the worst governed ones. Consider this. The rate of child death has declined in every single country, at least those where data are available, since 1980. Meanwhile, Far more children are enrolling in and completing school. In the late 1980s, only 72% of all primary school-age children attended school. Now the figure exceeds 87%. Girls in developing countries have enjoyed the biggest gains. In 1980, only half of them finished primary school, whereas four out of five do so today. These leaps in education are beginning to translate into better skilled workers. Then there is the shift to democracy. Prior to the 1980s, most developing countries were run by left or right-wing dictators. Coups and counter-coups, violence and assassinations, human rights abuses, all formed part of regular political life. But starting in the 1980s, dictators began to fall, a process that accelerated after the Cold War. In 1983, only 17 of 109 developing countries qualified as democracies, based on data from Freedom House and the Center for Systemic Peace. By 2013, the number had more than tripled to 56, and that's not counting the many more developing countries with populations of less than 1 million. As those numbers suggest, power today is far more likely to be transferred through the ballot box than through violence and elections in most countries have become fairer and more transparent. Twenty years ago, few Indonesians could have imagined that a furniture maker from central Java would beat one of Suharto's relatives in a free and fair election, as Joko Widodo did in 2014. Nor would many have predicted that Nigeria, then still under military rule, would, in 2015, mark its first peaceful transfer of power between parties or that Myanmar, also called Burma, would hold its most successful democratic election the same year. Across the developing world, individual freedoms and rights are honored to a much greater degree. Human rights abuses are rarer, 
and legislative bodies have more power. Yes, many of these new democracies have problems. And yes, the march toward democracy has slowed since 2005, and even reversed in some countries, such as Thailand and Venezuela. But in many more, from Brazil to Mongolia to Senegal, democracy has deepened. Never before in history have so many developing countries been so democratic. As states have become wealthier and more democratic, conflict and violence within them have declined. Those who think otherwise should remember that as recently as the 1980s and early 1990s, much of the world was aflame, from Central America to Southeast Asia to West Africa. There were half as many civil wars in the last decade as there were in the 1980s, and the number of people killed in armed conflicts has fallen by three quarters. Three major forces.